Hello and welcome back to Voicecraft. We are continuing our slide into the twilight zone, it seems. And, mm, well, I, I wish you deep moments of appreciation for life. As it is, you know, as we forge the way ahead, this anchor into an appreciation for life, no matter the suffering that perturbs it, is key to our realization of a world less fearful and more aware of its loving transformation. It's not always easy to find words to write or speak that address the general or address the collective without being flippant, but to appreciate life. Hey, this is something this is something I can get behind. So this conversation with Guy Sengstock was recorded three weeks ago, a little over. This is a quite personal and at times deeply joyful conversation without so much philosophical abstraction to pad the container. So I encourage you to listen the full way through as we reach a place of quite deep understanding about the nature and sacrifice of creativity. I sense that may land for many of you. There's much more here, you know. Um, Guy has appeared on the podcast before and he just brings such insight and art form in conversation that it is impossible to reduce this down, you know, into what exactly to expect. And that, of course, is part of the beauty. So he's the founder of the Circling Institute and the discoverer of the practice of circling, which is a powerful, authentic, relating practice. And there'll be links you can follow to learn more about Guy. So I'm not sure if there will be too many conversations like the one that follows here again. There certainly will be some. Not because I don't value them or appreciate them immensely, but perhaps because the Arc of Voicecraft Collective is not to be anchored solely on my story. But in this time of transition, here we are. So I hope what follows is a bit of joyful relief from the pressure of our time, even as it, I hope, adds to the kindling of your deep participation in the realization of our world. If you'd like to give support to this project, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash voice club. And if you feel cool to participate in transformative conversations to be part of the voice crafting gatherings, well, you'll find an invitation waiting for you on the website as well. Links in the description. Good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. It's good to see you too. Here's a question for you, okay? How... How do you manage the recording, non-recording thing? Because we've just, I've just shared with you some things that are very personal and informative of the moment we have here together. How, 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 do, how do you internally sort of navigate the shift? Is it kind of like a, um, a reset or how do, you, how do you do it in all these conversations you're having? Well, I can tell you about some of the conflict that comes up around it, which is really interesting, I think, is yeah. I notice I'm hyper aware of, I don't want people to think that there's a means to an end going on here. Mm -hmm. and there's something about like wanting to record something that like seems to put a future and an outcome to the conversation that I'm embarrassed about being seen as someone who has that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. There's something about like just any, any, there's just an internal sensitivity to, to making something 
because you know what we're doing here is very it's it's so not marketing you know it's so yeah. not like it's not what that world is yet there's something about the record button and you're gonna you know it's gonna be seen which brings up all of those um all of those meaning horizons up and i just i yeah. think i have to i have to sometimes tend with my own self-consciousness yeah 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 i definitely get that there's also the invisible to myself layers of persona we were just talking and i've just put on like several invisible masks here like several mm. Uh, presumably uh, and in, in because the so because the environment changes and mm. and i you know, I had just um, you sort of asked you or posed the question, you know, what is mine to do? And mm-hmm. before then we were resonating around this mm-hmm. feeling of what is it to be seen? Yeah. And yeah. Um, that speaks those themes in combination with this context we now find ourselves in mm-hmm. go together very much for me fundamentally in my life at the moment and and perhaps yours as well and and i'm i've always been actually deeply uncomfortable with (laughs) recording a podcast (laughs) Mm. Mm -hmm. and i've got one yeah yeah (laughs) you know like deeply uncomfortable um with making it public and the question is well then why are you doing it and and the question is am i Am I chasing a sense of reality? Am I chasing a contribution to reality that through through a portal that can only ever come up against a translucent film? And it's like, oh, I'm in the plastic tunnel next to it, motherfucker, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of being in that one. Yeah. So I, I want I want these things to come together. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. I feel like in some sense they are, but at the same time. Mm-hmm. As long as mm. there's this, that we have with these additional mm. layers of fear that show up, or not fear, but self-consciousness mm-hmm. and who's seeing this and the whole, it opens up the world of hierarchy and the mm-hmm. prestige economy and all of those things that we might not wish our souls to be so entrammeled in, with, but somehow we live in this functional world where it, ooh, it brings back in the whole social world again. And, and man, that is, that is an interesting thing. Yeah, it's like almost, well, it's it's for me, I would say my experience so far has been, um, like I haven't, with with my stuff, I haven't really, I just uploaded my YouTube channel and maybe posted on Facebook or something like that. So I haven't really like made the it being visible part, put much effort into that. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe that'll change, I'm I'm not sure, but the, the, I noticed that the self, the self-consciousness about being seen in a particular way. Um, one is that just feels superhuman to me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause I don't, I don't know any other, I don't know any, I don't know any other organism that can trip over being itself. <laughs> right? Oh yeah, man, we can do that. Yeah. Than human beings, right? Like, man, it's, it's, it's a, being conscious of ourselves and then being conscious about being conscious of it's this loop that a, a teacher of mine used to say is like you can always hear the sound of the food bird 
And he says, what the foot bird is, is when a bird flies in concentric circles and tighter and tighter circles, it's like the moment the foop is the sound, the moment the bird flies up its own ass. Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. So we want to go the opposite direction from that. That sounds like, yeah, that sounds totally. like the most comical version of reciprocal closing yeah. in John's language. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what it's, he should say. Right. It is so funny. Like once somebody knows what that is, everyone knows exactly what you're talking about. Oh, you hear the foot bird. Whoop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. There's something about that. That's just so, it's so funny and it's, it's so relieving to talk about it. Right. Yes. In so many ways. But I found so far, actually, it's just the self-conscious comes up is this moment of when to press the record button. Because usually, most of the time, we dive right into it, just like you and I did. We just went right there. Mm. And then there's this interruption that you have to like do. It's like, well, wait a minute. Should I be recording this? I want to record that. But God, that was really personal. Like, There's a whole, a whole yeah, thing yeah. that comes up. And then you're like, what it means to press the record button. Will you, will you think that I wasn't just there with you? And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very interesting. And <sighs> well, you know, and you're in an intense, you know, you, the, to, to, to kind of backtrack a little bit about what we were talking about. I think, uh, I mean, I just really appreciated what you said you know, about having, you know, a, a, a real, what sounds like a very deep, deeply, deeply stable presence in your life, right? A relationship in your life that's really, really stable in a deep way, right? In a way that I think you said you, you didn't, you've never quite really had it like this and such that going to bed and waking up are less complicated and that mm -hmm. changes everything. Mm -hmm. And and her and also we're also in the presence of of that relationship. Like she went to go, like to a farm, to a farm like ten hours away or something, right? Mm. And you guys had just moved in together just about a month ago, two months yeah. ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, in the time of this crisis. Yeah, time of this crisis. Yeah, and the the most secure relationship on a deep level that you've ever had. It's had this big change during this crisis. Like, what's that like for well, you? As I said, well, as I as I said to you, there was so so okay. So I, so I said to you that I'd been able to go to bed and wake up better. Um, mm. So so I I drove her off and then I came home. Mm. I went on my bed. I didn't brush my teeth. You know how you know how you like when you're not doing too well. It's like just getting up to go brush your teeth and just do the ritual before actually going to bed properly becomes yeah. like just a crushing weight yeah. of how can I possibly lift this thing? And it's going to be it defeated my will, you know, it defeated my will. And here I want to go and be of some service to the world. I was defeated by the toothbrush, you know, it's just over there. <laughs> so I... So I, so I yeah. slept, you know, and I knew it would give me a bad night's sleep. Woke up at 3.30, you know, risk getting mouth ulcers, which almost always happens to me if I don't brush my teeth after mm. a night. I didn't, fortunately, which is good. And, um, and there you mm. go. So the, that broke down. The ritual of that broke down. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I spoke to her the next day. Mm. And then navigating 
how I felt given that I was deeply involved in the plan for her to go. So the feelings of abandonment as being different from you have abandoned me, but having mm-hmm. to having to make sure we're on board with where we're coming from there. So we're not just yeah. back and forth. What, what do you mean I abandoned you? This was your, how could you make me feel that way? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. for abandoning you. I'm not abandoned, but, it, but it's not what I'm trying to say. But so it's mm-hmm. presencing the feelings without falling into the blaming. So maintaining yeah. the we through that or refinding yeah. it, you know, and, and that's a valuable thing. So, right. yeah, that's just, I, I just get, I mean, it for me, you know, one of the things that's happened in the, um, in this quarantine that I'm in, I'm in California. So we've been basically quarantined for like two weeks or so. And actually not a whole lot has changed from what I do during the day. Um, because off, like I see clients during the day, usually on zoom, and uh, the other changes we in my business in the where I teach courses and stuff like that have always been in person. So, but we've moved all those online. Um, but usually, I've, I'll teach on weekends and in a few evenings a week. So, it actually for me personally hasn't been much of a change. However, my wife has been working at home, and what's so interesting about that was like that's gone really well. Like. In in some way, it's been ecstatic, because um, she she's she gets like she gets to cook and she's like, you know, asking me if I need anything, mm-hmm. and she's just blossoming in this wifeness, right? Mm-hmm. And it's ecstatic, right? So in some ways, like locally for me, the whole crisis has been almost the opposite of a crisis. It's been mm-hmm. more, in some sense, more of what's good just got better, right? Or had me realize like the the things most close in, um, if like reveal, have just gotten closer and more meaningful for me. Uh, so if, if I think about that, okay. So if I think about that, and instead, my wife had to go across the world. What would my reality be like? Right? Like, I just, it's funny. I feel, I feel a little bit like. Yeah, just kind of like some some layer of skin got ripped off. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, what that brings to mind is that this is a time of retreating quite literally to the home. But the degree to which that's a retreat to somewhere you want to be versus a, you know... Mm-hmm. A quarantine. It's it's you know the quarantine is the language of the opposite of retreat, really, isn't it? And yeah, yeah. And in this time of realizing what it is we do care about, really, I think if if there is that retreat there, and you find exactly what you've said, then that is a beautiful life affirming sign. And I imagine there are many people who, mm-hmm. in retreating home, find a whole load of demons and. Yeah. Yeah. Domestic violence is just gone through the roof and you can kind of see that coming. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think what this going to, in, in many ways, I, in many ways, I think that what the coronavirus is doing, right. If we back up a little bit, I think it's, it's, it's not the crisis. It's revealing the crisis. Yeah. Right. 
and I think that the, the, and now again, if I, again, if like it had a whole bunch of different circumstances, I'm sure I'd, I personally feel really different. Like, like we were talking about. And as time goes on, I may actually have to start dealing with, cause I haven't, I haven't, no one that I know has gotten, gotten the virus. Like I haven't lost anybody, right? There hasn't been sure. any big finance. It hasn't been financial. So I haven't, I haven't been hit by it personally. Mm-hmm. However, there is, there is a sense, right, of waking up to the the multiple layers of 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 unstable structures that have first that have been very very weak, however, have worked in such a way that they don't reveal their weakness. So we build another layer on. I mean, the financial system is seems to be the big, you know the most exemplary of this. And so everybody, generations, you know, at this point, right, have been walking around on top of st- seeming stability that that have or will be perhaps reveal its profound untrustworthiness. Mm. I think the 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 that that's happened is speaks to something that's been going on for a long time. Right. Mm. And such that you have a virus that comes in that knocks our ability to do and to manage those systems and what it takes and shuts down. And then those those systems fall apart, Mm. especially having those systems not anticipating or rationing. (laughs) Mm. Right. Prepared, even though we knew this was on so many levels, we knew this was going to happen. Right. Um. I'm, what to me, what's happening is it's like, it's revealing a situation that we were already in, um, but making it much more foreground. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I feel exactly the same way. Um, I wonder if we could sort of explore, this is like a, just a a purely speculative kind of um, psychological analogy and i don't mean it to be hey this is my theory you know of the thing that's going on right now but you know how in a relationship um one that has had a wound there and it's a deep one it needs to be it needs to come to the surface but but uh but neither party is either aware of it enough or perhaps possesses the courage or capacity to navigate it with its current it stings too much and so you know, it might go on for some time and people take little jabs at each other and that energy that could be put to that adaptive use is now just being kind of, it's just, it's further wounding it. And eventually we're going to kind of stumble our way into cracking into each other. And then we're going to be left on the pieces in the floor and okay, we've got to build up from here. But if we don't have the skills or if we didn't build that resilience in us, or if the problem is too deep, well, we can't rescue it. And that's what we were scared of to begin with that. It couldn't go on the same, but let's just imagine it kind of is. You know what I call that? What do you call that? Child, childhood. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, it's, well, yeah. What, what, what that brings to mind to me is um, the, the challenge again of growing up and being seen properly for who you are, growing really into who you are without mm-hmm. the, without the, re- the restrictions on that, which, you know, people might think are part of what's necessary for education or, and maybe in some cases, yes, maybe in some cases, no, not an easy thing to become who you are in this world, because if the world is a Titanic on a high rope to nowhere, 
well you gotta mm-hmm. you gotta just stay exactly where you are you know because it's mm-hmm. fucking yeah we're at a high rope man yeah. um yeah and so it's like there's this to pick back up on the metaphor it's like there's this um almost like the collective psyche has is revealing as you as you put it is revealing through in that haphazard way of just well actually the only way we can wake up and see this is by collapsing and and let's just hope let's just hope that that there can be emergence through that and i feel there can be and but then it's so hard guy because the always things come back to me it's well how much do we want to care about things you know how Mm -hmm. much should we be caring about things Mm -hmm. and then it opens up all the world of potential suffering that you can envisage, which are your attachments of what that is, you know, your fixations of what yeah. that is, you know, yeah. billions of people who potentially might, whether it's displaced and, and, and die before their time through climate change or some other crisis or a solar mm-hmm. flare, we lose the grid or war or geopolitics, all these potential things, there's all these ways things can get so much worse. And it's like, well, is is the movement now to do something about that? Like, what are we, what is, are we not accepting the dissolution of the mm. Phoenix into something else? Mm. Like what, where am I to find myself in all of that? And, and how can I be on the side of letting go appropriately so that I can truly reattach to what is vital? Right. It can't be solved in the abstract, of course, but that's the yeah. difficulty of the abstract terrain in presencing. These yeah. Things. yeah, totally. It's also the difficulty in relationships. <laughs> like yeah. as you as you started talking about this, which I really appreciate, it, is like, is this is this like a dysfunctional family where there's all this unspoken stuff that like so everybody takes roles to manage the anxiety and one's the scapegoat and all, and yeah, it's yeah. a collective unconsciousness that just yeah. gains energy and starts beating itself up, right, and comes to its demise, and then tragically you look back and go, oh, that was, it was obvious the whole time, right? Mm. It, are we inside of that? Mm. Great question. Yeah, I mean, and you look at, I, it feels strange even to reference Donald Trump um, because it's almost become such a cliche thing to even say, but the guy is a reality TV star and all mm-hmm. he is, and he's he's playing his role. Like you oh, couldn't goodness. have written a script like this to cast a character like that. No one ever watched that. Right. You'd have to have the best skit actor in the world who could just hold the most ridiculous, like, like ironic intensity just to have yes. people buying in just every time the ridiculous things that are said, you're like, no, he can't hold that space. Can he? Yeah. And he does. You'd have to have that in a right. show to make it work. And there's no one who's right. ever acted as well as that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You and cannot so, act as good as Donald yes. Trump can live himself. Right. <laughs> totally. Is it, what is it? Is it, is it Brett Weinstein comp- talks about like politics is basically professional wrestling. Everyone knows it's not real. They're not really mm. fighting. Right. Mm. Yet there's something, there's something, there's the, the clown shows going on and everyone agrees to give yeah. up the knowledge that is, and they yeah. could even know it. Right. But they're, it's a strange time. I think it was really revealing of a very strange time. I can imagine as well that it's like, so I've never been to, I used to watch WWE when I was, I think still living in England. So maybe seven, eight years old, and I'd wake up and I'd see the rock and I'd love it. You know, I'd love it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I have like an energetic relation to that stuff. Never watched it mm-hmm. after that. But the thing is, what about those people in the crowd? Hey, cause they do get into it. They really do care. 
And even they know it's not real, but they really do care. And if you were to turn to your family member and say, all of a sudden, what are you doing, man? Why are you taking this seriously? They'd be like, what the mm -hmm. fuck, dude? You know, this is, come mm -hmm. on, man. And, and so you could have a real argument about yeah. not playing into that faux truth. Yeah. And that seems to have been magnified and magnified. And so finding the soul through that, finding, connecting back to the space that's beyond and deeper than all of that. It's like we're, mm -hmm. man, all those layers of kind of um, uh, a sickly layer cake to just feel one's way through back down. Like all that stuff yeah. to be burned off is so, oh. So on, some, on one level, that it even occurs to us to get on Zoom and have a conversation about this, right? Mm -hmm. On some level, there's a, there's a way, and I think you could probably appreciate this, but I kind of feel like I'm like an ant on top of an elephant or something, right? That, that something happens and I realize it wasn't even an elephant, right? That I didn't know I was on, right? It's, mm -hmm. There's just this level of just being so, uh, so finite, mm. right? Mm. That, uh, that, and so I think that's one thing I can say for sure is I really don't have any certainty about anything about what I'm looking at, yeah. right? Um, however, there's something about you can, as you often say, it's like, well, we can we we can only start from where we are, mm. right? And there is something about, I think, genuine philosophical dialogue, right? Genuine philosophias, genuine inquiry, right? Everything that, all the things that when we think, we think about are the deep things, the paradoxical things, seem to start from there, right? Mm. Seem to start from there. And so I'm not sure, but from this ant on top of the elephant that it didn't know that it it isn't on, <laughs> right? There is this sense of where I think about just watching the Renaissance, the intellectual Renaissance that's happening right now. Like where you're watching, we're watching on some level, um, uh, philosophy and deep thought and these kinds of things, not just being academia. And so, some would argue that it's actually moving out of academia and it's moving more into the public's space. And there's, we're finding out there's lots of people that actually are, um, are up for these kinds of conversations, are up for genuine dialogue, are up for the mystery, or have been thinking about it. And s internet, social media, is, it just seems to, um, one, open up a bunch of different horizons that make it possible for that to be revealed on some level. Yes. So there's... So that, but part, part of the strange thing about it, why it's kind of like hard to press the record button is because I actually don't know what my role in this is. Yeah. Like there's a way in where I'm writing, on some level I'm writing a book, but I don't know who I am in relationship to that. I, I, I'm, I'm going to find that out. Yeah. And yeah. so there's, there's this weird, there is this dichotomy that what is worthy of thinking about, what is worthy of contemplating, seems to be very tied to this sense of really being able to turn towards and be vulnerable or transparent to the mystery. Yes. Right? That's so beautifully said. Yeah. 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 <sighs> I mean, through it all, a place of retreat I can find. 
and have found irrespective of anyone in my life is a retreat to in my case it's a, the page with, with with writing and all that is in some sense is the last bastion of a place of um where it's okay to be vulnerable and to 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 both be maximally vulnerable which by the way is still as i'm sure you've we've realized it's still extremely difficult to be even in the privacy of your own journal it's still yeah. extremely difficult to be and yeah. often i often i think about my own expression as i think the degree to which i don't feel safe enough to express who i am is the, the degree to which i add about 1000 words onto every sentence yeah yeah and I can add yeah. 1,000 words onto every sentence. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, can, mm -hmm. I don't have to stop mm -hmm. with that. So, yeah. Yeah. And that puts an interesting spin on philosophy because mm -hmm. I feel very much the um, inadequacy of the philosophical institutions of our time. I have, and here we will, uh, like this comes up against wounds that are for me still very much active because. Mm there was a place where I had for a moment the thought that perhaps this could be somewhere for me. And that's many years ago now, maybe probably eight years ago where I, I would have had the, the aspiration of that. And then it was sort of, mm -hmm. I was gradually revealed to me in stark ways. And I almost failed my masters. I failed essays because every time I wrote in a way that was growthful for me and expansive of my own mind, and novel and creative and beautiful. Every time I wrote something beautiful, it was uh, it was criticized and and the so 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 it's there's like so that's an interesting link the relationship between. Could we pause just one second? I just sure. want to make sure I got the thing that you said. So it's like whenever I think what I heard you say is like. Basically, when I move towards self-revelatory, world-revelatory movements of beauty that opened into new territory, expanded, revealed, and was revealed to and by, and I turn the outcome of that into the institutions, right? Is it kind of like what I hear is on one level, I hear like a personal like, ouch, <laughs> like, like, there's, there's that part, but I also, is it, is it kind of like the, is it, is it something like the institutions? It's also, there's a tragedy on the side of the institutions that they weren't able to actually read that that was happening and value it. Mm. Mm. And it came out instead as criticism that wasn't, that missed it, that missed mm. what was actually beautiful and personal about it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a very fair way of putting it. Um, and I mean, what it did do was catalyze me to build a place where I could talk, where I could communicate in that deep way and express some of my ideas very tentatively. And I've slowly begun to introduce a few things here and there in conversations but it's interesting because i'm doing it from a place where all my writing and my thoughts you know they are in they are in books 
that aren't even digitally written because I mean, I have written some stuff up digitally, but you know, mm-hmm. but because that was, and that is the place where I am at that that's, that's the best of me, but also the most like mm-hmm. they're not written to be seen. I don't really like anyone even looking in there. I will occasionally show my, you know, mm. girlfriend one or two things, but mm. it's it's my own personal commune with mm. the here and now for the purpose of absolute baseline building of coherence and mm. um and effective mm. and loving relationship with mm with life, which I call loving transformation. Mm. But where to show that, where to be with that, you know, it's, right. it's because the second we put the record button on, the, the second we present that in any way, right? The, yeah. What is it to market that? What is it to box that up? What does it appeal yeah. to people with that? I truly, I have, I truly, I don't know. And I am um, still in the dark about what and where and how for that to be seen if it should be seen and this is perhaps you know fundamental to what we're all experiencing maybe mm-hmm. yeah I don't know. totally totally so i just really felt a lot when he said actually it's just i wrote that without not 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 with I wrote it not for somebody to read and occasionally and then he said occasionally I'll like read like a little bit of it to my girlfriend right or somebody important to me mm-hmm. but even that's a lot right mm-hmm. so there's like a nakedness that comes there's a nakedness there that there's something about tolerating the nakedness of the response that could come, right? That seems like it would just go. There's a, yeah. there's a, there's. I think what I'm, I'm, I'm feeling into is just this kind of sense of this difference between. There's something about like when you wrote it, you were being profoundly vulnerable. Mm-hmm. When you move to it being read, you feel exposed. Mm-hmm. Potentially, potentially. Yeah. It's, I, I, I think I am, so it's to, towards that way of exposure. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, How would you? There's, well, well, I wonder about the very, mm. like the forlornness, the sincere forlornness of expression itself, mm. you know, that, even here and now, if we were to mistake my expression mm. in some sort of isolated box from wherever the contextual relationship of this and everything else was, which no one has access to all of that perspective, right? So yeah. my expression is made tr- is true in relationship to that which, in fact, no one can, can mm. be all with. We can be kind of with a relationship with each other, but there's a forlornness in that my expression becomes it's like it's like it's a fading note 
you know, and it was part of something, but it's a fading note. And there's what we really are. I think what we feel we really are is actually the thing which notes, right? The thing which plays. And so there's the inadequacy, but the beautiful, tragic inadequacy. But then also because there's, there's, there's that tragedy in, in affirming that artistic impulse, affirming expression itself is so beautiful. And so, and that's why we, we, we value, you know, we value it so much and we respect it so much and we, you know, it touches us so much, but in all of that artistic expression, it is forlorn ultimately because we cannot ever capture, we cannot ever capture, but for playing a small part in the revelation of this flowing artistic co-creation that we're all inexorably a part of. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So there's this other part of it. I, what I think I heard you say that reminds me actually of, because I went to, I, mo- I moved up, I moved to San Francisco originally to go to the San Francisco Art Institute, which I just actually got notice that it's closing right after 150 years of existence, mm-hmm. um, just a couple days ago, uh, which I'm still kind of grokking. And I paint and sculpt and, and I've been doing that all my, like my whole life. And, and, it's really interesting because I remember my first showing and I had my first showing at the cafe that I got coffee at every morning because I was like friends with the owners and stuff like that. And they're like, Hey, you want to show your stuff? And I had these, (laughs) I was pretty ambitious. I had these, like I was known for like sculpting things that were too big to get out of the building. So I would have to break (laughs) them up. I still have, I still have sculptures. Oh, what a beautiful, what a beautiful <laughs> metaphor that is. Oh my word. Be careful about applying that too much have, metaphor to the rest of your I life. Or our lives. Pieces, pieces of sculptures like like laying around in people's from my friend's backyard somewhere. But mm. the um but I remember this I, I got a lot about what it is to be an artist, right? And the relationship to the the work of art and the artist. Because I would go and get my coffee and, you know, there were these huge paintings. So they were like, it was clearly art was on the walls, right? And so I'd, I'd be sitting and I'd, like, I'd be in line and then I'd hear people get in a conversation about it. And they'd start talking about what this, like, you know, they were these figurative kind of Michelangelo-esque kind of surrealistic huge things. And, and so I would hear them interpret the meaning of it. And it wasn't what I meant. Mm. And it would just, it would drive me crazy, right? Like, I'm like, that's not what I meant. Like, that's not what I meant. And I, 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 after wrestling with that for about two weeks, I started to have this sense of like, I, this question started to be introduced in my mind of, well, whose is it? Like, like really? Like, mm. is, it, is it just my expression and therefore I have, I have, sole proprietorship over its meaning or is it an event between the viewer and the work itself that's that that is no longer it's no longer guy sangstock's work and i got to witness that over and over and i also got to witness my attachment to what it Mm. to what it meant but but kind of realizing that there is something about the artistic being an artist is to put yourself in a position where you are constantly birthing giving birth to and being birthed by something that you don't 
that is in many ways beyond you. Yeah. And you got to let go of. Yeah. yeah. It's so goddamn personal. Yeah. Because you just put everything into that painting, right? Yeah. Like just the idea that they can like misinterpret it and that. <laughs> Yeah. But what here here's the thing is that like oftentimes, you know, if you read, say like Heidegger reads Holdren, Holderlin, and Heidegger is basically hearing what Holdren's doing about revealing these deep truths about the shift in the metaphysics of the history of being, right? And I guarantee you, Holdren didn't have any fucking idea that that's what he was doing, right? I would imagine at best, if you read Heidegger's work, like what Heidegger like fully thought out what he was saying, I bet, I bet Holden would be like, he could feel like the echo of like, oh yeah, that did, there was this, I was, there was this edge <laughs> of this intelligibility, like, oh yeah, I'm glad someone said it, right? Yeah. But, I, but I'm sure most of the time he'd be like me in the cafe. Right. So that, so there's this interesting thing where, and, and I know that Heidegger would say, said this about Holdren. He's like, look, all you need to know is he was born, he wrote, and he died. That's about all you need to know. That there's something, there's something else happening that goes beyond our own personal biography, even what the creator right, intended to say. What ends up being said right, when it's art it can be it can speak to the 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 whisper of the sensibility moving through the culture that no one can hear until a hundred years later. Yet there's this dichotomy of like as the artist, you gotta just you gotta just paint with your own blood practically for it. Yeah. But you don't even necessarily know what you're saying. Lots of, uh, seems like ontological breaths and convulsions and things happening over there, hearing all that. Well, I think you, I think you just said something that is um, more or less complete, you know? Mm -hmm. like you, you just said something that, you said something that's the kind of thing that, um, oh, look, and, I, and I, would, I would like to say some things about it, but the pause is worth taking because I'll be only dressing things up in another, in other words. And when the push comes to shove, what I think is most valuable about what you just said is like to the, to the, so that was like a, that was like a drum of truth. And in response to that drum of truth, I don't, think the right response is is to is to be like oh let me see if i can play that drum of truth in in a different way but have it be the same drum of like it, it's like mm. no what does that make me do it's it's yeah. like it it moves to action it moves to action you know so like how can i embody that in my life and it is it's mm. to it's to accept it fundamentally mm. it's to accept it Hmm. And there's, um, it's the same kind of acceptance that, that your expression there allowed me to tune into 
that is the acceptance I mentioned to you before we started recording, recording about sort of just lying in bed with my girlfriend or someone who, you know, accepts your expression into the world for what it is. Mm-hmm. Because there's, because it's beneath, because it's beneath the requirement for the expression to amount to anything that you can point at and say, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There's a, two, there's a, in your response, like I think is one of the ways I find you to be really artful right? Because there's an awareness of the context of not only what I just said, but there was, you were, you present something was just said. And then you, what I really appreciated is you articulated the context around that and like held it up. And now the, the relationship, you're tending to the relationship between us, right? Mm. So there's this kind of intimacy it's not just it's not just personal self disclosure but you're tending to i just said something and the first thing that you responded to was how one that it was said and how what is the way to best respond to this and you talked about the drum how do i how do i beat that drum or how do i something about the drum there's, there's a tending, there's a tending to something there that is, um, I think is really quite, I just appreciate that about you. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Guy. Okay. Um, get, like, whatever it is, I can, whatever it is you're tending, I can, I can feel myself sink into it. Hmm. And it does seem like, it does seem like when you're, you're, something's taught to bring into language and you attempt to do it and it's difficult to do it, it seems to me that it's because you're listening to something, you're looking at something and you're, you're, you're hearing it first, you're seeing it first and then, and then struggling to say it. There's an intimacy within the expression mm. and just seems very artful to me. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. Um, uh, and why that would be is we can reference what you what you just said moments before because mm-hmm. this is this is the dynamic it is the it is the the vulnerable but aspirational yeah. i would say inadequacy but it depends on what your goal is inadequate if you're trying to get the thing if you're trying to capture the thing you know mm-hmm. but but the, the aspiration in mm. in treating the treating the 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 pulse of the, the insight the the, the 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 rhythm it's like it's it's because what what can we do really what what can we do in this time? This time is about the bushfires were metaphorically about a lot of stuff was going on, but it's like, 
what is the lesson? Burn off what is not serving you before mm. nature burns all of it off, including you, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and now it's like, well, what is it we should be caring about? And for me, that process is metaphorically referenced by what are those, what are the, what are the deep drums? Like, how can, mm. we, how can we tune into those deep drums? And we hear that pulse. And when we know it's a pulse of those deep drums to act in accord with it, not to be stuck there, but to go again, right? To, to, be, to be on the mm-hmm. pulse. It's a collective thing. So, mm-hmm. mm. so and look, okay, so this is, this is so quite you care, uh, you care. So you care, you care about that. I care about that. Yeah. Yeah. I care about that. Yeah. Um, that's you why I'm here, that. really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The reason why I do the podcast at all is because I, I think in being so detached from participation in those, in that process somehow that there's such a absence of, of tuning into that, you know, in at least what I was seeing and there was, it, it's doing, it's doing that thing. I just, I, we we have to be more in touch we have to be more in touch and i've never been able to accept when someone tells me the way it is and i don't feel it's that way mm-hmm. uh i've never i've never been able to accept it and um and i think people know that about me i think it's made a lot of things for me less easy um because it's much easier sometimes when someone is just willing to go along with something, but to the extent I'm willing to go along with something I don't feel is, is right. The level of, um, the level of God, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like you, it's like, I feel like I I turn off like 99% of my capacity and I don't even have the words to speak sentences. I say, um, a million times. And because you're trying to navigate through a tiny little box up here, it's like, oh, wait, what are all the lies that in our being we're telling each other right now yeah. in order for me to convince you that I'm someone who can do this job for you in business right now? And that's what I really want to do and what I'm passionate about. I am not passionate about that thing at all, at all, at all. We're in big trouble, <laughs> existentially, deep trouble, similar, you know. <laughs> It's really, it's re- it's a real problem. And, and I can see it in your eyes and I can see it in your eyes that you're not happy to be here. And I could be the person to talk to you right now. We could do that. Maybe I, I could be some way, you know, I could say something and maybe you tell me to fuck off and yeah. with your eyes, but there would be something there would it'd be like, there was a little play. Someone's played the drum, you know, yeah. and it spurred yeah. you into being from somewhere that's now slightly more in tune. And, and that's, that is what we need and that is that is a risky and vulnerable thing that pulse when you said that pulse that's just like i just kept feeling like just being right on that pulse Mm. right of the and in some level some level i'm feeling into that pulse and and therefore, when somebody, something, the world shows up as not that pulse, there's dissonance, mm. right? This is what I'm, I'm kind of hearing you say. 
But in some way, the suffering about it, like the suffering around or the dissonance around or the struggle around all presupposes the pulse. Mm. Mm. And just when you mm. said pulse, it just, I just like it, it listening to you, it just cohered through, through your cells to my, to my hearing. Mm. And I've just been listening kind of like, Oh yeah, that's, that is what you're feeling into. It's like, it's like a pulse. Mm. Mm. And it's, there's something. So, so what is it to realize the, so I use the word transcendent, the pulse deeper than a particular pulse, the transcendent pulse, the deep drums. What is it to realize the deep drums that can cohere the mm. music of dissonant yeah. pulses or drums up here? And yeah. that is yeah. that is what we need. We need, yeah. like, and we have that. We have that onboarding us in that. We have the machinery. Yeah. We have the processes. The very processes which make life yeah. possible are what we yeah. can realize and cultivate in each yeah. other in authentic yeah. expression as you do, as you do that enable us to be with a pulse deeper than what was isolating us previously. Yeah. And that is the core of the, the, um, the sacred making capacity mm-hmm. we have. And that statement has to apply to, it applies, but applying that to the full stack, it's like, yes, that religion, that religion, that religion, you actually have to be able to worship the same, be in with the same sense of sacredness. And that's what we need. And if we don't find that, if we don't make that happen, then that's what I'm attached to. That's if, if I give up on the attachment of that happening one day, then I've actually given up on this, the possibility of this iteration of the Mm. pulse continuing. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. I loved it. I, I, I really loved how it just kind of came together and cohered through you in that moment. <laughs> just loved it. Yeah. It's really great for well, me. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Guy. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to say that when you told the story of your own journey with sculpting, creating a work mm-hmm. of art, mm-hmm. and realizing that the creation of that thing became an event, an eventity, an an event, an occasion to be participated in with others that actually was the more vital thing than what you thought about this thing, even though your birthing of that was very much also the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What that brought up for me pragmatically was that um, in the project of what I'm in the project of what I'm doing with voice club as it became voice craft i've been aware of for a long time um that my own following my own um authenticity in the the moment is inadequate to the the aim of what it needs to be and i i've I've released things on it before where I'm not involved and that is the aim, but being, but releasing control of that has not been something I've been able to do. And that's partly because of basic Maslow security reasons is that I've poured my life into it and I've, you know, I've been eating off credit cards for years and 
and it's made no money. It's only cost me money, of course, you know, Mm -hmm. the Patreon has very little on it, but there's a sense in which, well, if, if it grows, I I need the, the money so I can live and how, but, but even that has been an issue. And so what needs mm. to happen is that it needs to be opened up and become a true collective. And that's what I want. And um, mm-hmm. you know, in a small way, if, if you would, and, you know, as you know, I've said to you before, and I've said in an introduction to a podcast as well, there's, there's mastery in what you do. Um, and, mm-hmm. and if, if you would like to um, publish some of the conversations you're having where you just do it to YouTube. If you want to publish them audio wise on the podcast, then mm-hmm. I would, I would love for that to happen. And cool. I also, um, you know, and I, it, this, I need to open it up um, so that we can all participate in, in it. Um, and if, if that doesn't work, then, then I'm going through this thing of thinking, well, what should I be doing? You know, um, maybe mm-hmm. my energy needs to go somewhere else, but I'm not quite at that point yet. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, relinquishing, you know, and even though I know it's true, like I'd been there before, do you know what I mean? I, but there's a mm-hmm. sense in which that took me right to that place again. And it would have been, mm. I wouldn't say a lie, but maybe towards that way, if I didn't express this to you right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's that. I want to make sure that I got the thing that you expressed. Sure. Um, I'm not sure if I did. The, I think what you expressed is, so this has been an art for me and I've poured myself and my money into it right and then there was something else you said that was that that i want to i want to feel i want to feel the relationship between the two and then they said and it's coming to a point where i really i want it to be collective Mm -hmm. i need to open it up Mm -hmm. right and then there's the other part which is like well i also needed to make money because i'm I would imagine because I'm running out of it, (laughs) right? Like, and then there was an invitation to become part of the collective, right? Yeah. So which of those was the thing that you wanted to, what was the thing that you wanted to admit? Um. Wouldn't it suck to like have like like have confessed, right? <laughs> and then, then the the father heard the wrong thing, so it didn't. Count. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you <laughs> laid out all the pieces. Yeah, you laid out all the pieces. Um, the the thing that has to be admitted uh, and omitted is my. Um, the sensibility I have toward the ownership of it. Uh, mm. And mm. I haven't been trying to own it, you know, it hasn't been that way, uh, but I, I, I just haven't understood how to actually do it, how to actually mm. have people, you know, like I, I, I haven't understood it logistically and mm-hmm. I'm 
not right. that great at logistical stuff like that. You know, I'm just not, and it takes a lot of my energy. I don't have it. You know, I'm, I'm a, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, I can participate in the high level strategic discussion about it. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, where, all right, there's no yeah. one else here now. How do I do? What do thing? I do with um, my hands? Do, do <laughs> yeah. I pre- what button do I press? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do I pay attention to? Yeah. So it's the part to do with that. And, um, mm. and cause the thing is, is that you, you already are a part of it. Do you know what I mean? That's the thing about it. You actually already are a part of it. The most yeah. I can aspire to do is right. gesture at the thing we are all already doing to the extent yeah. we are realizing ourselves together with each other. Yeah. It's simply totally. to gesture and invite people to be here now with each other yeah. um, in a mutual mm. learning environment. Nora Bateson's excellent term, semathesy, a mutual learning environment. I think, I think like a mutual growth environment informed by yeah. the, the authentic dialogue, you know, dialogos, however we want to talk about that where we can um, develop our own capacity to listen, to express, you know, to, to join in a shared voice of understanding, um, mm-hmm. informative of how to be in the world and making sense of what to care about, caring in that process. I've just written a million things trying to express the same idea over these years. And, uh, and, yeah. um, mm. and anyway, so you already are a part of it, but mm-hmm. if you would like to as i said something practical is that if you would like to um release some of the conversations you know mm. you're having through that i would i'd love to mm. do that um yeah. and beyond that i am inviting people into group conversations and it would be lovely mm. to have you along to one where you when you have the time yeah. or, or more and just beyond that i i want to open this to to, to people listening as well this is mm-hmm. something we actually need to all be involved with together and um yeah uh so Hmm. yes got it yeah um having just said all that Mm -hmm. what's what's there for you what's What's there for me yeah what's there for me is the satisfaction with saying it the appreciation that you heard Mm -hmm. it um, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the satisfaction that you didn't just say no, <laughs> you know, the satisfaction <laughs> right, right. that, yeah, I think there's a reasonable right. possibility that's like a meaningful course we could take together to some, yeah. to some end and obviously communicate yeah. that about that completely, but, but, uh, yeah. on, you know, on an ongoing basis, but also that I know that there's a certain discontinuity coming when we hang up from this call and there is a sense in which I'm going to be here again, back with, um, Mm -hmm. back with the feeling that I'm having to push Mm. my way still towards the mountain rather than be pulled towards it. And sometimes I'm pulled and most of the time Mm -hmm. I've been pushing pretty hard. Like I feel very strongly that masculine principle of having to push Mm -hmm. things. Ain't no one, ain't no one coming to rescue me, man. It's never been that way. And, and for some people that's their appropriate way of being. And we always do both, you know, it's always both. It's always a dance, but man, I've just never felt that like that thing to be rescued. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah. And there's a tiredness I have with, with that, but also, you know, mm-hmm. and it, but I, I know I won't give up on it, you know? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a matter of keeping on really. Yeah, totally. I think it's like a couple of things. Like one is, I think part of also what I'm hearing and I'm appreciating because I could feel it when you said like, yeah, I'm kind of, like part of me's tired. <laughs> like it's a lot. You got to schedule people. You got to figure out when you put stuff on. Like I would imagine making the picture that you put on the thing. I would, I would imagine probably. I spent like, way too much time doing that stuff, man. You've, like, done, it way like where, You've done it way better. Where, where to put your attention on what's the most important thing. These are like, there, there's so many logistical things that go on with this. Mm-hmm. And on top of it, a tremendous standard that you have to stay on the pulse of it. Mm. And the pulse itself doesn't, doesn't seem to give you any directions on the strategic, the strategy of how to make it work. Mm. Right. Mm. But there's a, there's a necessity to make it work, which is probably the push part. And then there's the, the calling that even has you bother to have it worth it. Right. Which is the pulse that you have a standard to be true to, Mm. but the, the, the doing of it and the pulsing of it are not, they don't necessarily account for one another. Mm. And so I'm just, I'm, I think I'm, as I'm bringing words to that, I'm just bringing words to, I think all, everything that I heard mm. and just appreciating that. Mm. Yeah. There's something about, I have, and I don't know how helpful this frame is psychologically. I think it's probably not very helpful psychologically, but evolutionarily there's this well we know that um more women have reproduced than men and Mm -hmm. i think for every um two female ancestors in our genetic line uh there's one male so some men had many kids Mm -hmm. um, some didn't and there's a sense Mm. that the that kind of um masculine pushing you know is something that fails and can fail (laughs) it's it's all about trying not to fail (laughs) yeah 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 totally and so there's i've never been without the like part of that acceptance going back to lying on that bed and, and being like accepting what is is about accepting that these these efforts actually well quite quite literally that is the side of it it may not work out according to what you hope and and in an in an ultimate way yet yet even still it's worth it and mm-hmm. and accepting that and really mm-hmm. feeling that you know and yeah yes so that's the refuge, you know, it's, yeah. um, yeah. and that's the refuge we need. I hope more of us, we must, it's the only recourse, the acceptance of death in that sense, you know, we have to accept our death for the whole. We have to accept our death for the collective pulse to continue. Yeah. And, yeah. And right now we're going through this thing where we're stimulating our economies. And for those who are hoping for things to go back to normal, 
you know, to what degree are we not accepting a death that is going to only come back around? But we seem so inadequately placed at the moment to accept these things on a large scale. And of course, this speaks to the whole meaning crisis and everything. In And there's so much depth to go into there. Um, and so if, if there's one idea to, to presence here, that's, I think, quite a, a radical idea. Um, and Radical's I think it's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's in touch with what we've discussed as well. It's something that's mm-hmm. been on my mind in image, the image of it in my mind, uh, mm-hmm. used to play out for me as, okay, so I'm on a stage now, maybe it's with a mainstream mm-hmm. outlet, right? Mm-hmm. In a beautiful theater. And mm-hmm. this is a place where people paid quite a lot of money for their ticket and they're all quite well connected and they're all the people of society. The ones who might be oriented, orienting to something meaningful and important, but they are the, it's like, it is the stage, so to speak, which is, I, I mean that almost ironically, because of course the stage as well is you with the pen. Um, yeah. But, but on that stage, all of a sudden in that frequency where everyone's kind of nodding along. Like that was just the amount of radicalness we were here to see, right? We feel kind of titillated and thrilled and we're all quite pleased about that. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, actually, Mm. we like to turn left, to turn left on that. And whether it's to, you feel like the prime minister just quite literally taking off the clothes and saying, we are all going Mm -hmm. to die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. The notion of of dropping, of cracking, of piercing back into mm. the, the the deeper layer layer of collective awareness into that space that's already there but has been covered by the veil, right? And and yeah. we've forgotten about it, as you so put it. Such a beautiful expression, covered covered by the veil, and. But, be, but having care yet for that process, having care yet for that process. And that's why in many ways I've been, my experience in having these conversations, not today, not with you, but so often I feel I'm showing up as 10% of what I am. And I say, as I said, a thousand words to say a sentence because maybe I'm not ready to go. That's fucking ridiculous or something like that. Or be the more aggressive side of myself or be more fully who I am. Right. Right. And it's it's partly because there's a vulnerability in that, but it's partly as well because I have a care for being gentle and being caring with the co-movement yeah. of moving towards yeah. that place of dropping things. Right. But when does right. it become appropriate to impress yeah. upon people that no, this yeah. is a time now of significance, really. This yeah. is this is an important time. Mm-hmm. And to do that with the fullest kind of intensity that really is, is can only come and comes from an encounter with, with, with the death and all of its torturous mm-hmm. relationship to us. Or like, like the, the, the level of the, the, the void of non-being, the abyss of that, right? The pain mm-hmm. of, of that, the fear of that. Mm-hmm. But to, but to do that in a way that affirms it, right? So we're there gradually with each other. Mm. I don't like, mm. I don't really like upsetting people if, if you can't, if you can't extend, if you're not yeah. there with them, if you can't care for it. And yeah. so it's tending to that thing. Yeah. 
and I'm not sure how much, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. This is the yeah. first time expressing that sort of publicly. And there's, you know, mm-hmm. it's just about how much you want, how much we want to amp the art of that, how much we want to amp the art of that and yeah. all participate in the amp and like in the art of that, but have the, the, have the grounding, have the, have the resilience to be with that and have that be something positive. This is, mm-hmm. this is yeah, totally. Totally. So there's a, there's a sense in which you're, what you're saying is, yeah, I'm concerned about like, is my, is my desire to be kind, right? And to be relational and considerate. Is it wise? Is it, mm. is it, is it wise? Right? Like, is it, am I, am I worshiping the right God? <laughs> right? Mm. When I'm doing mm. that. And there's a, so what I hear you say is like, I sometimes have this sense that like, I feel a burn or a fire or a convulsion come through like a rage almost of, uh, of something like wake the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. And what if I should be saying that and I'm not? Yeah. And who should I say it to? And like, these are really, these are really, 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 really important questions that I think are, I think they're really important. And it's not obvious what, what the wise, what the wise thing is to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not. Yep. I had a conversation last night with a good friend of mine about initiation and as part of a series I'd like to do on it and invite people into multi-person conversations to feel into and discuss this notion. And there was a sense that through it, it got to a point where it was like, is it appropriate to share this? How open sourced should even the genuine inquiry into understanding what initiation is be or lineage making be? How open source should that process be? Because it's this it's this mixture of the radical vulnerability, but if the ground cannot hold that, if, if it cannot, if it's not presenced in a way where exactly, as you say, there can be um, the growth enabled from it. It's this, it's such a weird balance. And um, I honestly, I don't quite know what to do about it. uh, You know, Um, but I've gone, I've gone, I've gone a bit further than previously today. Uh Gone a bit further than previously Uh today. Uh, It's at the end of the video, you know, only people who are really resonating are going to Uh get that far. Uh And so that's the interesting thing, right? Like bottling yourself up into a three minute video for the intent Uh to grab attention right then. So that's where marketing kind of comes in, right? It's hacking, it's hacking immediately, like the attentional disposition, getting someone effectively feeling like, well, this matters to my dreams and fantasies and nightmares right now. And I can, Uh I can, by buying this product, I can, I can move myself somewhere toward that or away from that, which is, which is really, Uh we're working with that fundamental, that Uh fundamental framing. So at once being gentle with that, but still urgent, that is and all the traps and all the traps of taking on too much of um the persona that comes with that kind of thing right the 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 uh, on the spiritual kind of thing the danger of the type of of the way of the guru the danger of mistaking 
mm-hmm. um, the messianic impulse to being that which is only in you and and mm-hmm. people do that uh, but of course mm-hmm. it's always about pointing it back it's it, we we all need to, if we truly if we don't all go no one goes that's the thing it actually requires all of us and it's moving that way and daniel schmackenberger makes this point so well in reference to you know exponential tech plus rivalry is self-terminating i mean it's just one way of putting what is the the um the trajectory of things and it's kind of in some way kind of an, an abstract point in in reference to this kind of thing and it's it's the bodhisattva um you know understanding but mm-hmm. it really it really is that way and yet and yet there are these steps we take up where the um riffs we throw out into the universe some of which some of which do not contribute resonance, but in fact fall off as dissonance. The mm-hmm. attempt in doing that is necessary to move. Mm-hmm. Perhaps when one lands, it moves the collective in a direction. And that is, right. that is a powerful idea. Yeah. Yeah. I have a feel, you know, it's something I feel I've been thinking about this last like 20 minutes ago. It's, it keeps breaking into my attention. Uh, uh, the, um, this amazing art teacher when I was in art school and um, he really stood out because because where I was where I went to school was like the like the most avant-garde place in the world and it was really strange it was a strange experience because um, I thought I was gonna I, I, I came from a, a little town in in northern Arizona and moved out to San Francisco to go to art school. And I thought I would be having conversations like this, like, Mm. but actually, actually (laughs) I was kind of seen as the weirdo because I was like healthy. Right. I still smoked cigarettes at the time, but I was like healthy. I was like, you know, like I was making my living as a trainer and a stripper and like (laughs) all this stuff. And I wanted to talk to people, but people like the artists were still very introverted and kind of angsty and kind of very avant-garde. It was completely different than, I was imagining it, you know, so I was quite shocked with that. Mm. Um, and there was one art teacher, though, that was just really special. Like, he was really, he's kind of a classically trained artist. He had that sensibility to him. He wasn't totally in the whole postmodern kind of thing, right? It, he really stood out to me. And he had this this British accent, this really kind of cool British accent. He'd give these amazing critiques that were like, they were like uh, spiritual revelations. They were always so inspiring, right? Mm. And one of the things he said, just kind of in passing, that that changed my life actually. And I think I'm still, if I think about it, I think I still am operating that way. Is he said, look, at some level it's obvious, but when he when he dropped it, it just it hit me. I wasn't expecting it. It hit me in just the right place. He says, being an artist isn't a business decision. It's a lifestyle decision. <laughs> yeah. It's a lifestyle decision. And, and all of a sudden I just, I felt this huge relief, right? Um, that I didn't, I didn't even know I was already tense about, right? Cause mm-hmm. on some level there's this thing in the back of your mind, you're going to do a lot of debt for school. Like uh, I'm painting, how's this going to happen? You know, all, there's all these uncertainties. So there's this kind of, 
pressure in the background that was that you don't even have to be thinking about. But when he said that, I, I realized like I got relieved of a presupposition I was living inside of, which was the measure, like misplacing the measure of my, of my success and what kind of choice I actually made. And it was interesting because if what you're choosing is a lifestyle, a mode of life, right? Then you're, and you don't have to try to make your art your business. It's not a, you're not doing it so, so as to make money or whatever, whatever you do businesses for. Um, then you're, then you're, free right to be flexibly basically have a, a style of life that allows you to get closer and closer and closer and closer into the work and that that is the success is being able to like be able to let go into the process that most grips you right mm. your your interest and your attention mm. and i i i would say that i still i think operate that way i still operate mm. that way and I just, so, so there's, there's a part of me that's kind of, you know, hearing some of the things that you're struggling with. And I'm, I'm like, to me, like you, you, you're clearly like a poet, like you're, you're, you're art, you're art, you're artistic, right? Mm -hmm. You're like, you, you, you just want to like, you just want to merge with whatever the, the pulse of the cosmic question and just fucking have no difference between you and it and anything other than that is just suffering. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. It's just, yeah. your, it's just, you don't have any say so over that. So, yeah. so to get that to go like this. Yeah. Hurts my hurts me. <laughs> yeah. It's tough being like, it's tough being guy and like feeling yeah feeling that expectation right yeah yeah so yeah so i just want to like say it's like i think i think what you're what we may be you know again like like an ant on top of the elephant that i don't even didn't even know it wasn't an elephant right like on top of that <sighs> seems to me that what we're exemplifying is a process, not an outcome, right? Um, that, for example, like people, I think, will probably listen to this and what, they're, what they'll be left with, I think if we're successful, the success will be they'll be left with having just engaged in a mode of being and a process, right? That they'll try to articulate with, things we said or ideas about this, but really I think what we're presenting or inviting people into is a, by definition is a process. Yes. Right. And so I just think that that is, that I think is what I see you doing too. Right. Yes. With your work. Yes. Right. It's like you're, 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 you're trying to exemplify or display um, and become increasingly more masterful at opening up a place in the universe where something like that happens, right? Mm -hmm. And that, um, and that you aren't you. It's that is the product, if you will, if you want to put it in that language, right? Mm -hmm. The the product isn't a set of propositions, right? But it's to 
to that mysterious sense of whatever it is that has one open up to follow the movement of showing, right? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The involvement with like your involvement with what is shown. It's the, it's the collapse between audience and stage. Yeah. Yeah. In some important sense. So, and by definition, it's kind of like, I think this is one of the things I'm getting from, from reading, uh, with Chris, the, the dialogues were just like, you know, maybe a little over halfway through the first one. And it's already blowing my mind. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you just get this sense of, there is this sense in which dialogos, like on one level, what you're literally, you're, you're reading words, you're reading a conversation, right? And you can't not read it by being in the conversation. It's so, so interesting to read it because you start to feel like, Alcibiades, right? Being, you become Alcibiades, listen to Socrates, and you're watching yourself kind of fall in love with Socrates and being made a fool of. And there's these repeated questions, and you're, there's a, these tensions that start to be enacted, right? Mm -hmm. And there, through the whole thing, it really starts to be revealed like that the whole thing so far is. Like you just start to circle around this what a hollow, right? Like the thing that starts to get built up is the thing that you can't say, right? It's like this just walks you around, he deconsembles your identity, like you know, he's like <laughs> asks you question after question. And somehow there's you get closer and closer into this thing that is more and more unknown, but more and more present. And there's this kind of tricky part where you kind of don't I love there's a point where even Socrates isn't Socrates. Socrates is something else that's kind of walking around in this in this way of that which is most as important is the thing that can't be said, but like mm. we're gonna get as close as possible to it and become someone who can aspire to that which you can't even articulate. Right. Mm. And so there's a way in which dialogue is really important. And this is one of the things I've, I've come to really, I, it seems like, it seems like discover with John, right? For Vakey of that, the dialogue, right? In, in dialogos, right? Is in terms of, in his language, the ecologies of practices, right? One of the things he says, and he points out, I agree with him, is that, you know, in a lot of like the authentic practices and the, you know, the yoga practices, the embodiment practices and all the things that are the response to the meaning crisis, right? That he's partaken of, like he, he's totally a student of them. And he says, like, one of the big things that's missing for him is, is dialogos, is philosophia, right? Not, not, ac not the academic form of philosophy, right? It, it's more the engagement of philosophical aporia, right? Of insight, right? Of stepping back right? or stepping into and back and discovering what's here. Mm. And the thing I think I've, I've appreciated and, I, and, I've, and something's clicked in for me here is, is that it, 
like philosophia may not, it, it, it's not that it's just something that's missing that could be there and it'd be nice if it was there and it'd improve things that it was there. But it may be the thing that if it's not there, it's not a full response, mm. right? That it's like that, that deep philosophical conversations that can alter your identity may actually be, it may be necessary. Like it's not a conversation that you could have or not have or take or leave, that it's at the fundament of being human. And that, and that, that it being bound in, the, in, in, acad, in just academia in the particular way that it is, that it coming into, into the public sphere, if you want to call it that, and having it become something that's beautiful and attractive to engage in is not just nice. It's like, actually, it's the difference between a full response to being alive or not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. And that's, for me, that is, uh, that's been some of the results of just engaging in the process of finding that out. Because I've always been drawn to that stuff, but I've never quite really had anybody to talk to about it at that level, right? Sure. Um, so having people to talk at that level and then just kind of realizing that, oh my God, that this is what I, this is why I've been so burning about this. And I just didn't quite have the people to do it with that then could step back and then talk about it and engage in it. There's, there's, it's so, it's crucial. It's not just, it's not just something that would make something better. It's, it's in the very necessity of, of life. And if it's missing, it's a profound missing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so beautifully articulated. I thoroughly agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. It's and like the, that. Yeah, keep going. Oh, I, I was just going to say it's the um, if 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 I was to prohibit myself from or someone was to take away from me the the very essence of inquiry with the world the essence of relating to the world yeah well, it's 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 the it's the art form of the relating principle it's the it's the art form of of relating relation to each other and the world <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's like what what are we there is no there there's only there's only a an absurd tragedy in the opposite direction of that yeah right right right, right. oh and we look around and we see a lot of absurdity and no shortage of tragedy with no with no reverence of the tragedy right mm. like it you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying it's like there's just a tra there's a tragic dimension to existence in fact it's like this is one of the things about being human I, in being right size it's kind of like but that are very i mean this is what heidegger and so many other people have talked about with death in our finitude it's we bring something really special to the world 
right? But it's also we bring what is most finite. We bring our finitude into all of it. And it gathers into a sunset, right? And it and and we know we're gonna die, and that's it's like tragic. <laughs> like every single there's an like an ontological existential pressure. Like nothing would it's it's questionable if anything would be intelligible at all without that horizon. Yeah. And yeah. and there's something about, and this is the, the tricky part, and this is kind of the tricky part, is what I'm kind of making sense of it. Is is that there's something about the the something that's really only happened in the last literally in the last 15 years it's been happening for a while but the the shift to the age of technology right which is where it's actually it's a it's a shift from where even the subject has been taken up as a resource <laughs> to be positioned and opt optimized, right? And technology removes, you know, technological objects, if you look at it, like point to the being of technology and our understanding of being as, as, as what makes intel everything intelligible the way that it does to us has to do with when we look at something is, is, we value it to the degree that we can remove the friction between us and it. We can collapse the distances. But what's interesting is that when you do that, right, when you do that, right, you, you, you remove everything that it takes to have character. It's like precisely it's the distance and the struggles and the aspirations and the virtues and the failings of having gone through something with somebody that one becomes who one is in the way that they are. They realize time, right? It articulates their face in some, some way. And this is what's so interesting and in what this is kind of like, I'm, one, I'm wondering about is, is, is this the coronavirus? Is the, it's a pressure that can't quite be optimized, <laughs> but reveals that, that like we've had no friction. In fact, I get up. I don't even notice. The first thing I do is look at my phone and that phone defines and fashions the way I think in times in terms of, right? And then it totally disappears and all the meta levels of thinking about that. And what that's built on is is turning out to be so fragile yet is revealed once it shakes and it collapses, I realize that I have not even been awake to, right, what's really been going on, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? And I don't even have the, the sense of moving towards it being something that would be worthy of character defining, right? I think we're in a very, 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 and it hasn't happened, I think it's a very different time. And I think that this is what this, this could possibly reveal, right? And so one of the things I take like solace in is that I just really, you know, I was on, I went to Rebel, I went to, first time I was, I went to the, one of the Rebel Wisdom sense-making meetings. It was so cool. There was like, you know, 25, 30 people that were just online. And then Jordan Hall comes on and he just, you know, he just lays it down. 
like people asking questions and we're everyone's engaged in this kind of making sense of what's happening and his view on it and this inquiry that I realized like, oh my God, there's a whole, and all this in framing, there's a little rip in all that that just kind of pours out and it's something very different. And I, I think on some level where you and I are a part of that, right? We're an articulation of it. We're living it out, right? And the struggles that we're, that we're going through and what we think about it on some level may or may not be true, but there's something else it is, I'm banking anyways on that there's a whisper that we're hearing that actually is the thing that's most determining is like, and we're listening to it and responding to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in being with the process, there is no, there is no need to, to bank on it in a sense my adaptive, my body is in some sense, right? But in another sense, it is, it is just what there is. And the whisper is there. And I feel very strongly that if I don't listen to the whisper, then it becomes a scream. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This has been a, a really remarkable conversation. I was really looking forward to it. I'm so I'm so glad we've mm. we've had it. And I'm Yeah, me too. Just d- deeply appreciative of you, man. Thank you so much, hey. Yeah. Thank you. I it's I'm enjoying feeling closer to you and getting to know you more. Yeah. It's uh it may it's, be just the beginning. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I always jump too quickly. You know, Winston Churchill had a, an excellent speech where, you know, it was after the Battle of Britain, I'm pretty sure. And he said, this is not the end. It's not even the beginning of the end, but it is in fact the end right. of the beginning. And I've just been waiting for a time in my life to say that. I don't know. Maybe we're still at the beginning of the beginning, <laughs> but let me know so that I can, <laughs> let me know so I can say it. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I I would um man. Beginnings and endings. Yeah. And also just congratulations too about like um have, just having a relationship in your life that you just you guys are living together and you, mm-hmm. you like you like you like each other and yeah. like it's deeply yeah. cohering and so forth like and you feel loved and you love and yeah. I mean, on some level, we're talking about like pretty meta things, but I, I the, by virtue, I can only talk about it right to, in the way that I am because I have, on a very, a very, very deep basic level, like I'm loved and I deeply love and am loved by the people most local to me. Yeah, yeah, that's such a beautiful insight. It's. In, in my personal myth, a story I tell about myself to myself, the, the reason I am, maybe the most important reason I am like I am is because I was loved so well when I was a child. And then it was such a broken home after mm. about the age of nine. And 
in a in a in a way that that really was quite um quite a quite a chaotic rift and breaking and there were many consequences but there's something in me that has that that recess that embodied sense to drop into and that is always what i've said to my mom my whole family but i've said it to my mom more than anyone else that i'm so grateful for yeah and and mm-hmm. i and it and of course that the point about the here and now is is the same oh yeah totally. wow i'm i'm going to enjoy i'm going to enjoy listening to this again um because mm-hmm. there were moments there in in your expression that that really touched a a kind of completeness that is um that is i think can keep on giving so i i'm feeling i need to i need to do some stretching take a break and and close from this in a way that is in continuity with this so nice if you don't mind, I'll stop the recording, but we'll stay talking to each other. You got it. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for being here with me, Guy. Yeah. Thank you for being with me. It was really great. If you would like to be part of dialogues like this, group conversations, then you can follow the link to the website in the description. This really is a call to participate. And. Hey, let's see what we can do.